Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Father God, I just want to thank you for this uh, time of fellowship again. And I ask that you continue just to guide our conversation, guide our thoughts, and allow us to speak one of the things you wanted to speak on, Father God, as we listen to your word and your impressions on our heart. And Father God, we ask that you send the Holy Spirit to all the listeners' families, protect them through the blood of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Mr. Dustin Bertrand. I forgot to mention, I'm your host, Todd Citron. Dustin, welcome to the show again. I know, right? Two times, baby. Two times. Man, look, I haven't had very many double guests, but he's uh, definitely worthy. Run into this guy at Reds. Often he's only there when they're open. and uh, <laughs> Which is all the time. Welcome to the show, Dustin. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, uh, I was excited but also nervous because you didn't give me anything to talk about today. I know. We, we got lots to talk about. So um, Dustin, is uh, his ministry is God-made, self-driven, and we certainly need, need to share a little bit about that. Tell us how that started and uh, some more about that. Yes, actually, that's actually a great question because a lot of people ask. So God Made Self-Driven Ministry is a nonprofit. It began without a name about 10 years ago. I left the seminary, believed I was still called to marriage, you know, father and a husband one day. And so I started speaking to athletes. And uh, I began in 2014, I guess you can say during the work of evangelization. And then in uh, 2016, 17, I turned the name God Made Self-Driven Ministries, turned it into a nonprofit. And it's pretty much a platform for me to do the work of evangelization through intentional retreats, Advent mission, Lenten missions. Sometimes I do like sporting port retreats, I guess you can say, mm-hmm. for like high school uh, and teams and whatnot. And so uh, it just gives me an opportunity to do the work of evangelization and, and provide for my life. How old are you now? Uh, ooh, Lord, I'm now 33 years Tricky old. Tricky question. Yeah, so I started at 23 and I'm now 33. 33, man, that's a big number in, in Jesus' life, I believe. Uh, yeah. So you wrote a book. I know you wrote a couple of books, but uh, this one also, the first 30, right? Yeah, so amongst the ministry in 2000, when did I turn 30? In 2019, I wrote the last chapter of my book called The First 30. And uh, it's First 30 called The Journey of Grace. And it pretty much is like just a, a walk through my internal struggle growing up and then actually and actually like the actual events that God has kind of you know changed my life through and, and kind of moved my heart and even some of the you know not the great God moments you know the painful ones and maybe even some of my mistakes I know some many of our listeners know your story or I would certainly encourage them to read your book because it's pretty awesome and he's a, he speaks all over town but I ran across your little supernatural story a little bit about when you were a kid i want you to share that story because i think the first time we did the show i didn't hear that yeah so and actually it played that little story when i was a child played a role into me believing that god had a ministry for me and ultimately that god had a unique plan for me through the church and and specifically as maybe a minister or a teacher and so as i was getting older going into high school and college and then kind of asking my mom questions about, you know, my biological father, my identity, and all these things. Uh, she she told me a story when I was maybe three or four, right when you first started talking as a baby, whatever age that is. My grandma was a church-going person. Uh, my mom at that time, uh, not really, you know, not she was so a much. Catholic, not so much, you know, she didn't necessarily, uh, obviously identified herself as Catholic, but maybe, you know, just struggling at that time at her season of life. But uh, she had a, uh, at that time, maybe it just started the, like the little rosary bracelets. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had one, one of her favorite, or if not her only one, uh, she had on her wrist for many weeks or months. And then one day she had lost it. And I didn't even know she lost it. 
and she was doing something in the in the in the kitchen and as you know me as a little kid was playing around in the house or outside or something like that and I came in and I, I walked up to her I said hey mom here it is and she looked she said what she said here it is and it was the braces she had lost she's like Dustin where, where did you find how, how do you know to find this she's like oh I said the man told me and she said the man she's like what man and I, I don't know exact specific how it happened. Either I walked by a book or she had showed a picture of, of, of Jesus. And she said, that man, and I pointed, she, I was like, yeah, that man, that mm-hmm. man showed me where it was. Freaked my mom out. <laughs> I bet. Because we, at that time, never, we didn't pray together. We didn't go to church. I don't really know if I even knew who the person of Jesus Christ was, mm-hmm. uh, just where we were in, in her stage of life. And it freaked her out so much that she went see a priest. And she didn't, her first thought was like, oh, is he going to die or whatnot? <laughs> and, the, and the priest really said, listen, I don't know. He's like, but I can maybe say one or three things, you know. Maybe he will die at a young age, right? Uh, uh, but maybe he, he has a call to the priesthood or he just has some other, other specific vocation in ministry. Mm-hmm. And that was the three answers that he uh, kind of just aided my mom in, but he just kind of gave her peace. And he's going to be okay. Like, just know that God's in his life for whatever reason. God's going to be there. So well, when when you and I are together, and I see you uh, at Reds, you know the Holy Spirit kind of talks to me a lot, and uh, I guess that's that that aura you give off, uh, which it definitely exists. And so, um, one of the things that popped in my head when I was working out the other day, and, and I saw you, um, and this is super crazy, supernatural, I'll call it. And like my friend Calvin says, if it's odd, it's God, right? You know. So uh, this one came to me, and I don't know, maybe it's for your next book, or you know, I know you're kind of social media savvy, and I am not. Yeah. But you know, when I go duck hunting, we, we have these remote locations, and and what I do is I send a pen to my friends, and I say, look, I, I can't be there, but here's how you get there, and I pop them the pen. So I had this thought about what if someone went to heaven knew the way got there and then they said how about i drop a pen for you to go to heaven you know and so this was something that i don't know i feel like was imparted to me to give to you and you could take that a lot of ways you know like i think that when you route in your in your google maps or or you know whatever you use ways and then you get off track and you send, you know, you get rerouted, right? It, there's always a reroute. And, and, and God the Father is kind of maybe doing that for us. But what's your thoughts about that? <laughs> That's out oh, there? Man. Yeah, I think I'm going through that right now. <laughs> I, think I think you are. I think he's rerouting me, um, you know, in, in, in many ways on a very personal level with some vices right now. And uh, I think that is such a clever understanding premise philosophy a statement uh, because truly yeah I, that's even a good title for a book almost you know that's what i'm thinking man <laughs> that's a book for you to write you know, you yeah know? and i think kids can relate to that you know and i say kids anybody under 30 or 35 or 33 <laughs> yeah you know but I, I think kids can really simply relate to that and and as i discuss this with a friend one thing about dropping a pen is it's easy to get to heaven. You just follow the instructions, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just like that easy. It's not that hard. People think it's hard, but when it, when 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 the, when Google Maps says turn left, you got to go left. You know, so it's not that hard. And I think what I am personally uh, going through right now, I think as a young people and even older people in their marriages and in their life, I think we need to the the power of grace in rerouting us. Truly, like the healing power of grace, when when that lady asks us to go a different route or to reroute us when we're going yeah. off course, I think we 
we get shameful of the rerouting, right? Absolutely. Um, we, 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 we begin to look at our unworthiness instead of just trusting that even though it's a detour, it doesn't mean it's a less, lesser mm-hmm. road, a lesser worthy road, uh, that there's anything that doesn't mean you're going to miss out on anything because you're going down a different, a different route. And I know for me right now, he's really trying to teach me that in a specific area of my life, not to, you know, it's not confession, but um, to really trust the grace of the reroute. It feels like confession. I mean, I kind of opened it up, but it's just, I just want to tell that to people out there to trust the grace of the reroute, you know? Absolutely. Um, And, and did you make Curcio? I did. I did. I think a year after I got out of the seminary. So that would be 2014 St. James table, I think. All right. I know, I know St. James. I just don't know the number. Calvin's going to like that. Uh, (laughs) So, you know, in, in Curcio, a big emphasis is sanctifying grace. And so to me, like when you're on that path uh, and someone drops you that pin and you're yeah. on the path, that is sanctifying grace, you know, that, that you're in your lane and you're doing yeah. what you're supposed to be doing and you're on your way to heaven. So, you know, I don't know, all these little things come to my mind. We should write the book together. <laughs> I need to. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but you said I'm going to be moving, so. that Well, I don't know. You are moving all the time. Uh, so we, we I, I want to, uh, I do want to circle back on our trivia from uh, Reds. I had oh, asked wow. you the seven things in the book of John that Jesus says I am, and I'm going to give you your opportunity. I have the answer right in front of me but give, give them to me oh so there's seven different things there's seven different things oh i messed this up i no, thought there you was good. you had one i know but i thought it was just one thing he said seven times no no seven so different not, things so, so just give me what you got I, what you, what's the one you gave me over there i am the gate good that's good that's one oh, you got wow. any other ones or you just want me to throw them out there to you uh, i'll maybe try another i am the gate uh it's actually i am the door i'm the door and that's john 10 9 not, okay, I'm not. He doesn't say I am the shepherd, huh? Sure. Okay. I am the good shepherd. John ten eleven Ooh, through fourteen. For, good job. Two for two. You're rolling, baby. I would. This is too cliche. I'm the way, but he doesn't say that. He does he, say that. Okay. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John. This one is John fourteen six. Okay, you've got the gate, the shepherd, the way. John six. I'm gonna give you some hints on that. We come on Catholic faith. You got to come in on that come one. On, that's that's low hanging fruit. What's John 6? I, I, I am John the 4. bread of life. Oh, I'm the bread of life. Oh, yeah, the bread of life discourse. Okay. All right. And just for time purposes, yep, we're going to slip off. ahead. Yep. This one's John 8, 12, 9, 9, let's see, 9, 5. Okay. I am the light of the world. Okay. I am the light of the world. And then I think we're down to two. or uh, Maybe one. One? We're down to one? Two or one. I am the vine. And you are the branches. Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. And the final one is I am the resurrection and the life. Boom. Okay. That's pretty good. That's it I, today. I got, a couple, I got a couple of them without even looking, so that's good. You did good. My father-in-law threw that one at me when I wasn't looking. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, just uh, you know, a guy that I admire very much, and he's got a ministry. And um, and then I read a little on your online thing of, of all the things that you are, and uh, you know, like uh, self-proclaim. I guess you'd say, like when you're yeah. talking about yourself, is exhortist. Is that a word? Is that was that to exhort? That? Yeah. Tell me about that. So if you ever take like a, it's like Holy Spirit one on one. There's a book. I forgot the, the author's name, but there's also like these little almost personality tests that go with understanding like the gifts of the Holy Spirit within us. So it's like our own spiritual personality. And so you have like the, the prophet, the exhorter, the giver, the servant, and whatnot. These are different terminologies based off this, this test, right? And so an exhorter, right? It's someone that 
if you if you look at their life or 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 you study them from afar, someone that like, likes to build up people. It's always inspiring, oh, always that. always pushing them to be the best version of themselves. Uh, and you can obviously you can exhort from words, preaching and teaching and whatnot. And so, uh, in one of my personality tests, it said that one of my gifts would be an exhorter. Nice. And it's, it's, I think it's, <laughs> it, it kind of, uh, which it was, proves that you're in the wrong sport. Being golf is a one man sport. You need to be in like a team sport, right? I am in a team sport. Okay. You know, the body of Christ. There you go. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. I love that. Uh, and so, yeah, like with sports and I love sports, uh, we share that, you know, uh, an exhorter is somebody you want on your team, right? Correct. I mean, yeah. No doubt about that. I mean, that constantly builds you up. Doesn't, you know, is very honest with you, builds up your weaknesses and your strength. Right. Yeah. Um, and just always raise, tries to raise the person to the next level. So, so Dustin, um, we are. This is going to air probably right on the on the cusp of Lent. Oh, uh, what does your Lent look like normally? So, the last last year, I didn't add anything. I, my grandmother started to decline in her battle with Alzheimer's, and so I honestly just told God, I said, "Listen, I can't add anything. I just want to learn through the suffering, and as a caregiver." Um, so last year was very different than the years before. The years before, I added two hours of adoration, a daily mass, and you know, my regular mass, plus some spiritual reading. Yesterday was me just learning uh, through the suffering and through being a servant uh, last Lent. This Lent, I'm going to try to bring in to some of my friends. And we're going to do, uh, there's this thing called like 75 hard. It's like this fitness thing. Oh, Lord. But hold on. We're not doing 75 hard. We're going to do hard 40. And so hard fart is going to be, a, so anyone out there, right, that likes this stuff, it's going to be a mile a day, 40 pull-ups a day, and 100 push-ups a day. And then on Good Friday, you're going to do this thing called a Murph. Look it up. It's a Murph. It'll be like a spiritual Murph. Uh, frankincense and Murph? No, not that one? <laughs> no, not that one quite. <laughs> and I'm doing it in that way because uh, I want to, you know, my friends came up with it. And, you know, sometimes you have a circle of friends that they don't go to your retreats, they don't really go to yeah. your talks. But there's different ways that y'all can, you know, come together and still bring God into it. And that, that's that. how we're going to do it. And it sounds a lot like that Exodus thing. You did that, too? Yeah, I've done a modified version of Exodus. Just a modified that's version. right up your alley. Just modified, though. <laughs> I want to remind our listeners, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. And today's guest is Dustin Bertrand. Um, God-made, self-driven ministries. Uh, just a, a, an apostle for Christ. Um, a great Cajun Catholic. And, um, and lots to come with Dustin. I think he's got a... Bright future. I hope it's here in Lafayette. Uh, we'll see. Right. We'll see. We'll, see. we'll see. But Dustin, tell me, um, like, give me something that you obviously are a very deep person, but what in your prayer life, what is God saying to you today? Um, you know, a lot of times, when, especially when I go to Reds and I'm praying and I'm running on the track, I, I do a lot of the talking, but then I do reserve some time at the end to say, hey, hey, listen, uh, Lord, uh, I'm listening, uh, let, let your servant he hear your voice. But what, what's God telling you today? I think he's been telling me this all year, but because I'm still not used to it. But he's trying to teach me about, <laughs> very cliche, but his mercy. Like the depth, the width, and the wideness of his mercy that I'm still struggling with it. Uh, struggling with perfectionism, you know, struggling with, you know, how can I preach the gospel knowing that sometimes I'm not going to live up to the very message I preach? Um, but he continues to reiterate that I'm not the sum of my fears and my weaknesses, but I'm the sum of the Father's love for me. But really, 
not just me knowing that in my head, but me understanding it in my heart. And so he's been really just moving in my life, showing me that, um, you know, you don't have to white knuckle. <laughs> you don't have to white knuckle yourself into my love. You don't have to uh, achieve yourself into my love. You don't have to not make a mistake to to uh, have my love, you know, that, and I keep reiterating to people, he loves us with the same intensity in our sinfulness as he does in our wretchedness. Uh, and he loves it with the same intensity in our sinfulness as he does in our righteousness, that yet when we were sinners, he died for us. And so that love never, to me, speaking to me like Dustin, you just need to understand that love never changes for me. You're not what you do. You, you, you're not I don't love you based off what you do, based off of who you are, and you're my son. And just rest in that. And that's just hard for me. Being a former athlete, being a driven person, being goal-oriented, being very ambitious, being one to do all these things for God and for the people that have given so much to me, to just know if I just be, <laughs> he loves me, to know if I mess up, like really, truly mess up a lot of things, he still loves me. Um, it's something that he's trying to break into my heart right now, and it's... it's uh, it's, it's unbelievable, really. I asked you this prior to, I ask you this all the time, but um, uh, do you pray for a spouse? And also, do you? how much do you desire children in your life? Yeah. <laughs> that silence gives you enough answer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I desire to give my life to someone. And yeah, I desire if... Uh, if I'm if I'm meant to have kids, I definitely want them. I just want to try to do it the right way. I want to hold on to my purity as best I can until that day, so I can I can do it do it the right way. Um, but I, I do. I desire to give my life to a woman, and through God's grace, hopefully we can have kids. And uh, I do pray a lot, but I'll be honest, I stopped praying this year. Uh, I mean, yeah, out of maybe frustration, out of, out of maybe some type of surrender. Out of maybe a little mixture of both, you know. Um, I'm 33. All my friends, you know, it's kind of hard being single in this day and age. Everyone posts their couple pics on social media. You know, couples hang out with couples. I'm at an age where that's that's kind of what, what people do. And then um, seeing a lot of the, the youth kind of deal with the, sing the season of singleness, um, it could get hard for people because social media is so out there, so in your face. Social media will make you really see the things you don't have instead of appreciating the things you do. And so, yeah, to answer your question in short, I do desire a wife, God willing kids. And um, I used to pray every day, but this year out of maybe frustration and maybe some holy surrender all mixed up in one, uh, I did stop praying. A couple of comments. Number one, I never <laughs> stopped praying for you. Amen. So I got you covered. Don't worry about that. <laughs> And secondly, uh, everything on social media is fake news anyway. Hey, no, I agree. So don't worry about that. I don't agree. feel no pill pressure. No. You're a young man, 33, to a guy that's uh, under 33, probably seems old, but it is very young. <laughs> I am 56, but 33 is super young. Yeah, and man. so th those things will all come. And I, and I will say to you, you will be a great uh, spouse and a great father. And I, I see that. Hopefully, I, I see that in your future. And I look forward to that. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, I didn't mean for you to get so heavy. I apologize. No, but, but you're asking all the right questions. I, you, <laughs> have, you have grown in your interview talents. Oh, well, the Holy Spirit uh, has no limits, you know. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, we, we just let the Holy Spirit lead. So, you know, um, uh, have you – I always ask this question and I always get a dang wrong answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> have you seen The Chosen? <laughs> I still haven't seen. You're the killing chosen. me, man. I have seen snippets of the chosen. 
one of these days I'm going to find a guest that's seen the dang chosen, but I went to the movies and saw uh, season three and, you know, I say this to you because I think of you, you know, like yeah. it's the, it, the whole movie in season three is about Jesus sending the apostles out and how different they are. And it's very touching to see all what they have all the same problems we have yeah. and they're all going in different directions and they're all pulling against each other. And, you know, to see how Jesus interacts with them is so powerful and uh, and it just touched me, you know. And one guy in particular, and I forget which apostle it was, but he he had an affliction where he was he 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 couldn't be healed, and and he 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 stopped Jesus, and he says, "Man, you, you told us we're going to go out and heal people, and I believe you, and I'm going to, but you never healed me." Mm. And it was just, oh my God, he just started bawling, and I'm bawling, and 100%. you know, Jesus says to him, "Look, hey, do you realize that you know?" Um, if I, if you were whole, that you wouldn't be able to make the impact on the people you're going to heal if you didn't have this affliction. Oh, wow. And it was so powerful. It was the best part of the movie, oh, I thought, wow. you know. And uh, it was just a beautiful moment that I wanted to share. <laughs> but you need to watch The Chosen, Big Daddy. <laughs> I mean, I mean yeah, you're, that you're, one-liner. You're, you're in there. I mean, you you have so many characters that, that you you, you resemble to. in there. Um, you, yeah, that's awesome. Um when you go to adoration, and it sounds like you go to adoration often, um, and so, you know, how would you tell a, a non-Catholic or anyone that Jesus is truly present in that Eucharist? Well, to give you, like, the, I guess, a simple answer and a theological answer, like, um, you know, when one or two are present in his name, he is there, right? We know that. Scripture says that. Well, within adoration, it's, it's heightened to a whole new spiritual reality. He's not only just present within our hearts, he's present right in front of us, right? Uh, it is in disguise of, you know, it is in disguise of the bread, right? It's behind, the, to get all fancy, you know, the, the accidents of the bread and wine, but he is wholly present. And so it's like almost, you know, spending time, spending time with your best friend. Uh, you don't have to say much or you can say a lot. Um, and, and if you're not Catholic, it's not that we're worshiping a piece of bread. We truly believe uh, in a very spiritual and divine way, uh, that God is there with us. That the, the the maker of the universe is is there right before us, uh, listening to us, walking, you know, praying with us, you know, being in our present. And so, I don't know if if you are non-Catholic, it's nothing to be afraid of. Um, mm-hmm. Again, uh, you know, if you're a non-Catholic, I'm sure you have a lot of faith in the Holy Spirit. What we believe is through the power of the Holy Spirit that that bread, even to our eyes, seems like bread, but it's not. It's the person of Jesus Christ. And so I would just, if you can have faith that the Holy Spirit can heal people, have faith that the Holy Spirit can turn bread into the body and blood and soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. It says right here on my paper, I am the bread of life, John 6, 35 to 40. It must be true. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, well, um, you know, going by quick, we, uh, I just love uh, talking to you. We could talk to you all yeah. day long. You could host this show, and you probably will one day. Uh, you know, but um, Dustin, mm-hmm. t- tell us, uh, uh, you, you deal with the youth in Acadiana often, and I guess I would ask this question, like, tell me what your perspective is on, on Cajun Catholics, on people in this area, but in particular, uh, what, what is your take on the youth of, of our community? Um, they're hungry, and they're being fed something. Let's make sure it's truth. That's that's what I've I've realized. Like, um, they actually desire um, 
I know this is maybe sound. They desire the supernatural. They desire the, the, the power of the grace. They want to see it actualized in reality. A lot of people don't, a lot of the youth, they struggle with understanding that the Holy Spirit is, is alive and well at times. But when you show them that and you give them a taste of that, I've seen some of these young men and young women be heroic uh, towards their friends in their own personal lives. I've seen them um, overcome deep wounds at retreats when they've opened up their hearts and, and whatnot. Uh, and I would say the best tool to impact the youth and the young Catholics of Acadiana uh, is to be real, authentic, transparent, and truthful. Um, they they are getting some information, and they uh, they can you know snuff out fluff and somebody who's being superficial. And so, I guess to summarize what you're saying is they're hungry, they're being fed. And once you give them a taste of the power of grace, the, the power of God's love and, and the moving of the Holy Spirit, um, I'll tell you a story. I read. They will run with it. Uh, yesterday, a young man came up to me. He saw me and Kyle Malonso, who was a youth minister in Lafayette era, talking. And I was actually getting emotional about the topic we were talking about. And he came up to me and said, hey, are you the guy that helped um, – have a miracle happen with us in my in my group. I'm like, are you dust? I'm like, yeah. I said, I didn't make a miracle. He said, no, you didn't make the miracle, but you told us all to pray for the Holy Spirit, and you're gonna hear a voice, and that no matter if you think it's your your own head or the Holy, just to say it, and it's gonna be to, it's gonna be for somebody in the room. And he's like, I'll never forget that. And he's like, I felt I, heard, I felt like I heard that voice just now, so I felt like I need to come tell you, just thank you, and I'll never forget that experience. I love that. And, and so, I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question exactly, but they're, they're yearning for it. They're desiring it. And if they're, if they're taught it in truth, authenticity, and transparency, they, they, will, they will run with it. It'll stay with them. You're going to be a great dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a couple of minutes left on the show. But, um, you know, you, you, you scratched across that we all search for the supernatural. And I know in my life I do, and I feel like I've, whoo, I've experienced many supernatural Oops. moments, but um, give us an example of maybe a supernatural moment that you've experienced, maybe recently. Uh, I would say that would be a mini one at Reds, um, but then there's another one, right? Um, and sometimes when we say supernatural, we're not saying like you're gonna, you know, move a move right. a controller across the room, and we're not saying that God is all about just tricks and toys. But what what we're saying is when we say supernatural, like the movement, the impressing of the Holy Spirit on your heart to do an action you probably wouldn't have done or do an action that you think is your own action, but ends up being not your own action. And that's what we mean when we mean supernatural. And so about a week ago, um, my buddy, uh, I, he took like some pictures for my God made self-driven shirts and I wanted to give him one and he, it didn't fit him. So I was like, well, give it to your dad. And like, we're in reds right by the water fountain, like water, uh, water little machine and uh, the downstairs. He's like, no, I don't want it. I'm, I'm not gonna give it to my dad. I'm like, fine, dude, whatever. And so we're walking and I'm like, I'm just giving this guy sitting down. And as I'm walking, he's like, no, give it to that man that's walking, that's walking towards you. And so I just, I just, I, I, I switch, I maneuver myself to the right. I'm like, hey, my man, you like this shirt? He's like, yeah, sure. I said, well, here. He said, you for real? I'm like, absolutely. The second I give it to him, tears start coming down his face. I'll never forget the man's name, Esau Washington. And he just started crying. He's like, like, thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. I was like, no problem. And I kept on. And about a week later, which was yesterday, I saw him getting a snack in the, in the room. I said, how you doing, my man? Good. And I was like, you doing good, though? He's like, yeah. I said, like, you remember? He's like, oh. Yeah, now I do. He said, you have no idea the timing of that. 
Mm. He said, the thing I was going, he didn't tell me what he was going through. He said, but he started tearing up again. He's like, you just have no idea. I said, well, he does. And that's probably would be my most recent one. I love it, Dustin. You're the man. Yeah. Uh, uh, I feel like I was there for that because I, I swear I've, I've heard this, I overheard that conversation. <laughs> I feel like I was there. Anyway, uh, our time's up. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Thank you so much for being a host. Please know that you'll always be in my prayers Thank and you. I ask for yours and I wish you nothing but the best in life. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. <laughs> Today's guest was Dustin Bertrand. As always, we engage you, uh, ask you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless.